Hello friends, I am Rob, the creator of An Honest Wizard, and also the YouTube channel Lair of Omnisci. I thought I would record this bonus episode as I am wont to do every ten episodes, and in honor of the thirtieth episode, which I recorded yesterday, I'm giving this to you today. Uh, I thought, uh... For as much fun as it's been to cover all the wizardly things, um, wizards are my my first love for uh, fantasy games like Dungeons and Dragons. I love magic. I am uh, I, I love the concept of magic and thinking about what life would be like in a magical world. Uh, my fiction involves magic. Uh, my alter ego, Lord Cadrian de Flynn, certainly is a wizard of the wizards. So, that's fun. Uh, but, might interest you to know that my first character that I played, and really played rather than just a one-off for Adventurers League, uh, is actually about as far from a wizard as you can get. Uh, when my one of my players volunteered to run a game, I got to make a character. And I thought of all the characters that I've played before, and I thought I would try something different. So, uh, I am playing a Goliath Barbarian. And uh, it's interesting, because mindset-wise, he is about as far from a wizard as you can get. And uh, I, of course, had to have an interesting twist for him as far as character goes. For those of you who don't like hearing uh, players talking about their characters, you know, I forgive you for not listening to this episode, but that's what I'm going to do. Uh, my character's name is Galhard, uh, and he is uh, 7 foot 10, 300 pounds, huge behemoth, uh, seen with his great axe and whatever weapon he's carrying at the moment. Uh, unlike most Goliaths, they kind of racially have this thing about being proud, about being self-reliant and tough. Um, Galhard had a traumatic experience, which kind of forced him to come to grips with the will of the gods. And he kind of converted to being a follower of Timora, the god, uh, goddess of luck. Uh, seeing that his continued existence had more to do with luck than it did with his own strength and toughness. So he's kind of trusted himself to, to her leading, even though he doesn't know a great deal about religion. He's just winging it for the most part. So he finds different ways to uh, demonstrate his uh, devotion and gratitude to Timora for saving him. Probably the most notable one that somebody would you know, really know of him he does drop uh, mention of the gods and Timora quite often in his conversation. Not to an obsessive degree, but, you know, a fair amount. The one, a couple of things. Number one, he is very much against self-dissolution, meaning doing things that hurt you or weaken you. So, for instance, he doesn't drink. Uh, he would, if you wanted to, you know, said, hey, let's go out to a bar and, and have some drinks, he'd be like, well, let's go, you know, drink some water and go and do a five-mile run. And, you know, that'll get you feeling even better and, you know, you won't be drunk and, you know, all, you know, you won't hurt yourself doing that. 
and uh, you know, completely heedless of whatever you know the more civilized races and their social you know mores and stuff. So that's one thing. The other thing too is that the the biggest way he has of showing he has complete trust in Timora's will and judgment is that when he kills an enemy, he leaves the weapon he killed with the body of the person he killed, and he picks up their weapon and uses it, trusting that Timora will uh, provide for him. And when he faces a truly tough opponent, he trusts that he'll have a, a suitable weapon in his hand. Uh, I know that may not work very well. Uh, also, when he rages, he frequently will forget about that detail, uh, as has happened. But it is actually, uh, I thought, kind of a neat idea for, you know, creating something that is going to be memorable. And Gellhart so far has been rather memorable. He also, with his huge size and strength, um, he's got a 16 strength, which isn't bad, and I will be increasing that as we go. But Galhard likes, uh, when he can, unorthodox combat. So, for example, we were going into a goblin warren and some wolves attacked us. Galhard's response was to grab one of the wolves and try to tame it with bear hugging and shoving food in its mouth. Uh, it was a feral wolf. Uh, it still worked fairly well because our group stopped attacking it and actually fed it and it's like well, okay and then we gave it a chance to go after the goblins who were mistreating it so uh that worked out and uh when our group came to confront the goblins and the goblins were already set up with archers um nobody really was expecting when galhard grabbed the wolf by the scruff and the hindquarters and chucked him at the at the goblins, throwing him into the midst of the archers, which worked fairly well. It stopped the archers from shooting at us. Unfortunately, they did kill the wolf. Um, for those of you who are animal lovers, it's amazing how much people will feel bad about a fictional wolf uh, and its death, but uh, I figure he had a chance to bite some goblins that had, that had tortured him, and that was probably a pretty good life. Galhard doesn't worry about things like that. Um, to him that the, the wolf was kind of a weapon to use against these goblins. So, um, and after that he was, he was perfectly prepared to eat the wolf. Um, unless it was, you know, convenient or important not to, we, we had plenty of food, so I didn't have to do that. Um, but yeah, Galhard has used a variety of weapons, uh, so far he has picked up the, uh, rusty old short sword of a skeleton. He's used a goblin short sword. Uh, he has picked up the uh, Morning Star of a bugbear that he killed, and he's actually currently running around with a longsword that a hobgoblin that he had just killed uh, had left for him. Uh, so you know, it's been it's been interesting. Uh, he may end up running around with a dagger at some point, but the thing with Galhard is, as strong as he is, the DM is really willing to indulge me when I go off the beaten trail as far as, you know, combat routines and stuff. So, for instance, uh, we were fighting a creature called a Nothic, which if you've never heard of it, it's it's was a deep-cut monster from back in the day, but it's in the monster manual now as a one-eyed creature. Formerly, it was a sentient creature, like a human or an elf, but it had uh, been warped by contact with 
things from the far realm. Think Cthulhu and you're on the right trail. So this thing had been annoying and then finally attacking our group, but it scuttled down a, a wall and down into a trench and Galhard threw himself off the trench on top of the creature and crushed it. Um, even though it was a 40 foot drop, it cushioned his fall well enough. So you know, he, he went with that and he could have easily just rolled 46 to figure out how much damage I took for the 40 foot drop, but he, he didn't. He went with it and he's like, okay, you landed on him. It was a controlled fall. You take some damage. And I did. I took eight points in that fall. But uh, yeah, most of the damage was squishing the Nothic, who was not expecting that kind of an attack. Um, after that, since I used my body to kill him instead of a proper weapon, I took the Nothic's body up with me, and I smashed a skeleton with the Nothic's body. So I used his body as a weapon itself. Uh, it's an interesting way to go. Um, ultimately, I don't. I still don't find it as satisfying as a spellcaster. I look at a spellcaster in Dungeons and Dragons and play as kind of playing a puzzle, or, or uh, you know, f uh, trying to work out a riddle, making sure you have the best spells and know to make the best of them in a given situation. Uh, too often, it's a, it's a little easy when you're playing a fighting type character to say. I will move up and do the thing that I do the best as fighting. If you're a paladin, you may move up and smite. If you're a barbarian, you may rage and move up. But it, it comes down to similar things. Um, fortunately, like I said, I do unorthodox combat, so that keeps it fresh and also keeps my fellow players entertained. But um, I, do, I do enjoy the spellcasters quite a bit, which is what inspired the Honest Wizard, quite honestly. Uh, from what I have seen, uh, both in playing with other people in Adventurer's League, um, which you have never played Adventurer's League, it's not bad. It's a good way to, uh, if you never tried 5th Edition, get into it. And if you have played 5th Edition, it's a good way to meet people, and uh, the stories are quite good because they're designed by their professional game masters at Wizards of the Coast. Um, at least, story-wise, they're, they're fairly solid, and I haven't really played any bad adventures yet. But... Um, one of the things that I've really noticed uh, in that and also playing with others are that people like to take a literal Im interpretation of uh, you know spells and powers and abilities only going by what the spell says literally. Like, you cast this at a creature. And with the An Honest Wizard, in case you haven't noticed, I try to look beyond that because... In my background, uh, playing earlier editions, a lot of times it was what wasn't said in a spell that was almost as important as what was said in the spell. And you just kind of had to work through it, and a lot of times different groups had their own interpretations and understandings of spells and effects. And in this case, I'm just trying to pass on some of that knowledge that I've got to those who are listening today, and their their way of thinking is kind of trapped in the words of the spell. Wizards of the Coast did a really good job with this edition in terms of uh, breaking down the spells and outlining how, on average, these spells are going to be used most often. But I like to think that in a truly magical world where anything is possible, uh, as long as, you know, the 
the the the deity who oversees all and adjudicates the rules of of why things work and how things work if they could just be persuaded to just kind of open the mind a little bit and say if this can do this is there a reason why it can't also do this and that i hope is coming through in these an honest wizard series that i do also um you know, little warnings about traps that sometimes uh, people fall into. And sometimes dungeon masters fall into, too. Um, one of the things that is important, as I've said about cantrips, uh, I think I've said this before in the series, but it's important to try to maintain a certain level of, of power balance. Um, if you have a cantrip that turns out to be more effective than a first level spell, there's probably a problem because you'll never use that first level spell. You'll rely on the cantrip that's free all the time. Uh, likewise, there was a very conscious effort paid when putting spells in different levels to making sure that you appropriately tried to balance the power of the spell uh, or the usefulness of it, in many cases, to uh, what equivalent spells in its ballpark were so that you could assign it to a proper level and you know that's something that i i advocate uh, as far as game balance i think it's important and useful and if there was one cantrip that did everything you ever wanted to do and you know for example you had one that does that allows you to attack uh, multiple times and do scaling damage um that would be kind of off because if it did scaling damage and allowed you multiple attacks, all of a sudden you're doing better than something like an Eldritch Blast or a Firebolt that only has one of those, either multiple attacks or uh, scaling upwards. So, And that also would start putting in competition with some of these uh, leveled spells. So, uh, Well, I hope you've uh, been enjoying this. And uh, I, I do enjoy these bonus ones almost as much. Uh, I've got in a couple more days before I do another one. Uh, if you've been enjoying these, please let me know. If you uh, want to ever get in touch with me, uh, I will leave my uh, email address. That is omnisci at att.net as a link in the post. Uh, by all means, drop me a line. Tell me what you think. Uh, advice is always welcome. Uh, compliments are always appreciated. Criticism is heated. Maybe taken under advisement, but, but certainly heated. I listen to everything. So I thank you very much for listening and hope that you enjoy. Farewell. <laughs>